absolutely phenomenal. And how do you put statistics on this, Phil? This isn't measurable because this is the art of human. I think there's tears in your eyes, Raymond. It's the 7th of October. Welcome to the Soccer in Theory podcast. With Mark J, I'm Ashwin Bajaz, and together we'll be discussing the events coming out of the world of football and look towards the week ahead. You can follow us on the Soccer in Theory podcast, available both on Apple and Spotify, and also on our website, soccerintheory.com. Well, Mark, every bit of news, any injury, someone playing well, all the news is directed towards the World Cup. For instance, Messi had a has a slight niggle and he's not going to play the game on the weekend and already they're speculating whether he's going to play the World Cup. It, it's that. So it's very clear what's on everyone's mind. It's now a month and a half away. So we will weave uh, talking about the World Cup into our thoughts about uh, the events of the last couple of weeks in, 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 in the club matches. But FIFA updated their um, rankings, and I think this is going to be the last update before the World Cup. It's it's not significantly changed, but there are teams that you'd expect to be ranked a little higher. But let's start from the top, Brazil. Um, you think they're favorites? Do you do you? I mean, they are number one right now. So um, mm-hmm. what you've seen off them in the past. Maybe let's say a couple of years, because that's how this team's developed, right? Since, I mean, I know that this cycle of the team has been there since Chichit took over. And in 2019, they won the Copa and and you have a certain core player. So what do you reckon with this team? I mean, are they favorites? I mean, they seem to be favorites in FIFA's and they certainly are looking very strong. They also the qualifying they barely they didn't lose a match but they barely even drew anything so what do you reckon how, how are they shaping up before this world cup well it's hard to see a weakness in the team they're they're it looks like they're they're gonna be playing something like a 4-2-4 which is kind of a classic brazilian setup tite you know so they have they have a very very strong back line Marquinhos, Thiago Silva, they were playing Militao from Madrid and, and Alex Teis and, and they have Casemiro, Paqueta holding and then Neymar, Vinicius, Rafinha. And then the, the me, for me, the big question mark is that, that number nine spot because as an Arsenal fan, it's, I don't think I'm being biased when I say it's very confusing why Gabriel Jesus wouldn't be in that, in that setup. Um, I, I don't see... You know, it's funny when when <laughs> when they're playing against Tottenham, there was definitely a moment when when Gabriel Jesus had Richarlison one on one randomly. The play broke down, and he completely like <laughs> he's like, "No man, I am the Brazil's number nine. and just gave him a quick you know a quick step over and beat him very easily and put in the cross. Um, so Richarlison, to me, is a is a problem. Um, I don't, I've never been overly impressed with, with him and I don't think he's in good form. So I think if I'm looking for a weak spot in the team, it would be that the number nine. I mean, uh, uh, I think if it's Jesus or Firmino, you, you still have a, um, 
something closer to a, a complete squad. But but the thing is, just I, sticking, I thought it, just sticking to that. I mean, I mean, I, I obviously like Jesus too, and he's been doing so well over the last three months. But is he being preferred because? Oh, sorry, is Richarlison being preferred because Jesus is not really an out and out striker in the way? I mean, he's more. He sort of prefers either playing second striker or a little bit to the wing. Is that one of what Chichi is thinking? Or? It, it, it could be, but the thing is, Richarlison hasn't been good enough to be That's given the, the, the number nine position on either of his last two clubs. Um, he's not even, he doesn't even have a starting position for Tottenham when, 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 um, right. when the team is in full health. So obviously, I mean, he gives a physical dimension, but... Right. Um, I mean, this is Brazil, so you're thinking. I mean, they've had a they've had a vacancy in the number nine spot basically since since Ronaldo started weighing 300 pounds or whatever. And so, you know, it's been, yeah, I remember like you know they were close to favorites in 2014, and their striker was Fred, and it was right. just a really noticeable you know drop off in quality. And, and so you'd think you have Jesus, number nine proven track record i mean his goals per minute ratio has to be better than richarlison um mm-hmm. uh, regardless he's in flying form the question that's more interesting to me with like brazil is i thought there was a real um i was rooting for argentina very strongly when they played germany in the final those years ago and yeah. i was thinking it, it could be a very um pivotal moment for the direction of of football tactics because Argent, Argentina and Brazil both play, let's, it's, it, 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 might, it, it might have changed in the intervening years, but very loosely, they're playing something like a 4-2-4, where it's like, it's close to how PSG plays. It's just like, okay, these guys are going to hold, <laughs> these guys are going to stay back, and we're going to put a lot of attacking players in front of them, and those guys kind of have free reign, and it was a much looser formation. And so you had Di Maria, Messi, Aguero all in their prime, Iguain coming in all in their prime. And it was a question of can these guys who are just clearly more talented beat this German machine where everything was drilled, all of the spaces were covered with maximum efficiency. And and I actually thought that Argentina outplayed them in the match. But that's the question for me tactically will be very interesting. Is like, okay, Rafinha, Vinicius Jr. Neymar, like brilliant players, but can do they have the tactical discipline? to really beat, uh, you know, let's say a, a European team that's, that's really firing and, and that's really pressing. So that's what I'm most, most looking for um, with, with a, Brazil. That is a bit of a concern, right? Like all these convincing victories that they've had in the last few months, I mean, they have looked very good. But the only thing is that I don't know if they're being tested in the way, obviously yeah, exactly. the World Cup's going to be a much sterner test than beating um, teams from Central and North America, uh, weaker teams. Uh, I do think Chichi is, I think he is the best international coach by a distance. I mean, mm. the way he's, I think the, what, what he drills into the team, plus he does experiment a lot with formations. I mean, it's mm. not, if you, you're right that by and large, 4-2-4 four four is, I mean, it ends up being like that. But if you look at the last couple of matches, he's played a 4-3-3. And, right. uh, and what I was really stunning about the four three three, I mean, it was against Ghana, but apart from Casemiro, who's the holding player, you have right. Paqueta, Neymar, Rafinha, Richarlison, and Vinicius. Five yeah. very, very attack-minded players. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. That's rare for a... 
for a club team to have that many in the top six and I mean in in the in the front six, much much less common to have an international team. I mean, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. and then of course, I think it, it is more favored four two three one, like you're saying four two four, sort of um, with with Fred and Casemiro. Um, one, I mean, Neymar's I think playing a little better, but I don't know. I just hope he has. I mean, I'm sure he'll be committed and sure he's geared up for this. It's just that he is a little brash here and there um, when it comes to <laughs> discipline. So, I mean, I'm just wondering whether, you know, in a, in a big stage, whether that that can be a little bit, um, uh, it can, you know, lead to a certain undoing. Because I do remember, two, I mean, I know this is a long time ago, but in 2010, they had a fairly good team. And... Red card with, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm forgetting who the player <laughs> was, the defender. <laughs> but you know that, that 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 those things do happen here and there, and I just hope that if they keep their heads about it. I think they are, they're looking better than they have in 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 a while, in in a long, long time. And like you said, you don't really see an obvious weakness in in right. The, um, the yeah, the thing the thing is for me like. To, to, if we're talking about um, clear favorites, mm-hmm. um, I, I thought I would I would have thought prior to prior to um, basically the last couple of months that France has the best team. That was that was my sense. I mean, if I was watching, you know, with Ryan a couple of years ago, now we were watching the under under 21 world cup right. and the france's under 21 world cup was probably at that time you know the third or fourth best senior team in the world they were playing <laughs> i right. mean they're playing upa Makano was their center back i mean they're they're they're, 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 they're france is so spoiled for for riches but the thing is when you say like tiche is the best coach i can't disagree with you because there's such a conservatism in they so much it's awful man so like i'm thinking about this france team they should be absolutely flying yeah. i mean they have by far the best attacking i mean okay brazil you can put in a word for neymar vinicius but i mean we're talking about we're talking Dembele, about mbappe. mbappe we're talking about mbappe dembele yeah. i mean kingsley coman can't even get a sniff and Cuckoo is flying and he can't even get a sniff. I, I, I mean, think the way to, one way to put it is if France, their second best team, like their second string team, they could win the World Cup and no one would be surprised because yeah, of the players absolutely, there. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, I'm looking at, you know, their setup in Denmark and it's hard to read too much into these things. And, and I spoke to Ryan earlier and he kind of slightly disagreed with me, but it seems like, they, you know, they played against Denmark and they, they got outplayed thoroughly. Yeah. It wasn't, there wasn't anything right. other really to be said. Denmark just outplayed them. And France is playing this five in the back, which is to me such a cop-out when you have this attacking play. So they, they're, they played five in the back, Kamavinga and Chomeni from Madrid holding. And then so it's basically just seven defensive players and then Griezmann, Mbappe, Giroud. <laughs> I'm right. thinking, how is this possibly the setup? Like, how, how, 
how are, how are you playing five in the back and then leaving Dembele uh, on, on the bench? How are you playing five in the back and, and Kingsley Coman cannot get in? And, and, and there's this strange allegiance to Griezmann, who I think is just, you know, we saw him from his Barcelona days. He just, I don't think. Yeah, he's on the decline. He's, at, he, sure, yeah. he's, not, he's on the decline. He's not a bad player, but I don't think he's someone defenders are losing sleep over anymore. So yeah. it's just a very odd, an odd thing where, like, I think we may look back at this France team. Okay, they won the World Cup, but they should have won the European Championships the two two years before. They lost to shirtless Ronaldo, and then <laughs> you know they should have they should have probably won the you know they probably should have won the. the the European Championship. After that, they got knocked out by, I believe, it was Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it's just, it's just seeming like, like almost like a, a wasted, a wasted generation almost, um, because the talent is, is just, I mean, it's outrageous. Whereas, whereas Brazil's first eleven may be the best first eleven, but like you're saying, Brazil's depth doesn't come anywhere near approaching um, France's depth. Where you're saying the second team, even honestly, like the third team. Right. Um, would would scare pretty much anyone. Um, okay. So I think I, I still wouldn't. I, based on sorry, just to complete the thought, like yeah. I would still not, I would not wager on France winning. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's the same when we were talking about Champions League. We were making our predictions. None of us predicted Manchester City, even though objectively they're the best team. Right. They're, they're, they're but if there's something, and it's like same with France. It's like objectively they probably are the best team. There a lot of youth, a lot of experience. Best individual really, players, you mean? The best individual players, and yeah. they've won the World Cup with right. somewhat similar squads. So you have to think yeah, yeah. of them as a favorite, but they just they just aren't. And you wouldn't even be surprised if they kind of got knocked out in the first in the, in the group stage because there's just something off. Well, that has happened in the last four editions that the <laughs> champions get knocked out in the first. <laughs> like it happened in. It's very odd, and, and they don't 14, have 18, So well. Um, and they have to play Denmark again, you right. know, in the group and Australia and Tunisia. I mean, these aren't easy, easy matches by any stretch of the imagination. Right. So. You know, with France, one thing is I, I wasn't very convinced that they obviously they won the World Cup and that's all that counts. And um, I wasn't very convinced by their overall performance, even in, in Russia, I mean, if you saw how they started, they sneaked out a couple of very unconvincing yeah, run nils. Yeah, yeah. um, and the other thing about Russia was all the major teams were really struggling. Germany got knocked out. Spain mm. got knocked out of Russia. Argentina was, you know, the catastrophe of the 21st century. Um, <laughs> you had um, Portugal <laughs> weren't having a good moment. They got knocked out to Uruguay. Um so it was it, it was a good time to be, you know, and then Belgium, which, you know, that was their time, their generation, they didn't really convince either. And so Netherlands didn't even qualify, but you have Italy didn't qualify either. So the thing is, it, I think they got a little fortunate. I mean, and even in the World Cup final, I think there were a couple of questionable decisions. I'm not saying that they didn't deserve to win the final, but I think Croatia yeah. could have put up a bit more fight if they had a little bit of luck. Um, with yeah. the decisions and the the other thing about it's it's so I mean I, I I don't know how how much these things matter but they probably do. It's not being played in Europe, the World Cup. Right. This is when this is the I mean the only time 
uh, non-European team has won in Europe is Brazil in 58. After that, whenever it's been played in Europe, you have a European team. So this is not being played in Europe. There is a chance, I think, for Argentina and Brazil. I mean, those are the, basically the two contenders from outside of Europe to uh, shine. It's also, I really, I mean, I can see, okay, France has a lot of great individual players. And like I just said a little while ago, their second string team winning would not be completely surprising. It has a very, very good set of players. But is it likely that, you know, they, have they got the dominance to actually win consecutively? Something that's happened only 50 years ago with Brazil in mm. 58 and 62. It's no. really unlikely. The only no. thing, the only thing, and I, I know that they've had their struggles. They've had a terrible UA Nations League um, campaign where they ended up third. Um, behind Denmark and Croatia, who you said, like you said, they're going to play Denmark again. The only thing that makes me, okay, maybe there is something to this is, if let's just say, say France won, mm. okay, whatever. I mean, I think to win requires a miracle for any team, even if you're the favorites. If they win, and I look back then, <laughs> I think the one factor that would have worked in their favor is you have Chomeni, Kamavinga, mm. Mendy, and Benzema, if Benzema plays, mm. in the same Real Madrid team. They're starting right. both France. I mean, Kamavinga and Chomeni are the, are the preferred. Deschamps is now Deschamps, who, by the way, along with Southgate, is competing for worst coaches. <laughs> um, if... You have four players. I think this does matter. Like, I mean, I've said this before that yeah. Spain in 10, Germany in 14. It does matter. You know, you have a core set of players playing for the same team. It does matter, especially the midfield. The midfield is basically where a game is usually won and lost. And if, let's just say, I mean, I'm not, I don't think France are in the best shape going into this tournament. But let's just say things work out and they pull off, they pull it off. This probably would be a major factor that you have four right. important players in very important positions playing week in, week out. I mean, I know Chimeni and Kamavinga have just started to become the Real Madrid starting lineup. But, you know, three months is more than usually a national team has a week to Here you've been with the same team your training together, no, it could your be. Your point is taken. Your point is well taken, especially. I'm um, thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking about this Brazil setup, and I'm I'm seeing Thiago Silva and Marquinhos, and these two have played for PSG. I mean, I don't know how many years they were the preferred starting back, maybe four or five years. So right. these two, I think that's another major um, strong point in Brazil's setup. They don't have a complete continuity through the squad, but. To have your center back pairing, right? Be and Casemiro, a, Fred too. I don't know if Fred's going to be preferred in the World Cup, but and certainly Casemiro and Fred aren't always starting for United, but they are in United's team. So yeah, yeah, and work. and even just Casemiro to me, if I'm picking a squad from from scratch, Allison, Thiago Silva, Marquinhos, Casemiro as your center of your defense. And your keeper and your holding midfielder is very, very good. That's very, very solid. There's experience. There's know-how. There's quality on the ball. So I think, I, I, I think Brazil, um, 
Yeah, just in France, there's too many moving pieces. Right. There, there's just too many moving pieces at, at the moment. And yeah, like uh, it. Yeah, I don't know. What, what are, <laughs> do you, should we talk about Argentina? I mean, yeah, I think I think let's talk <laughs> about Argentina before we go on to Belgium because that's the when when we we're talking about individual players, right? And France is looking great, Brazil obviously, but in terms of a team, just as a team, right. not in terms of obviously, well, Messi aside, in terms of Argentina's strength is not individual players at the moment, even though they right. have Messi. It is they are they are playing like a team and only brazil i think matches them in terms of a unison and a certain coherence in a, in performance right right um have you i mean i i know like they they're obviously on a on a streak which is 35 matches is probably going to become 36 when they play saudi arabia just before the world cup and they're likely to beat italy's record not that it matters in the larger picture but they are it's a good moment to be an argentine fan I I I'm surprised at how good this Argentina team is because I remember watching the last World Cup and oh, horrible. Yeah, oh, <laughs> and just thinking this is the end for Messi and thinking not not for him as an individual player but for him because we all want him to win the World Cup. I mean his career frankly like deserves it in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. He doesn't he's so for me he's so far and away the best player that i've ever ever seen and so for it's the same with tennis you know it's it's like these these records shouldn't matter and i don't know to what extent they really do do matter to the individuals but there kind of are this like objective marker by which pe- people are evaluated um and you know say so federer probably the greatest player of all time but he got clipped and so you know maybe uh you know go to Djokovic or Nadal and same with Messi it's like you want him you want him to to get that world cup mm-hmm. um he's already has the Ballon d'Ors and so anyway I, and then i'm thinking to myself Arturo Martinez a couple of years ago emerged as just this absolute world you know one of the best players in the world everyone wanted him he was the hottest player for Inter and his form has just really dipped over the past couple of years like it's really dipped i mean i remember i saw him play you know with when conte was still managing yeah. inter and i was thinking who is this guy this guy's all over the place unbelievable like he's argentina's next and his form is really dipped and so i'm thinking to myself in the back of my head well this is really it for for messi this is really it for argentina because the back line has okay they have romero but i mean there's still it's still tagliafico it's still otamendi I mean how is it still Otamendi? I mean maybe Otamendi, it's just Otamendi. That I think is a weakness, very clear weakness. Otamendi. They have I mean they have they have um what's his name? The the United guy. They have Lisandro Martinez. Lissandro. So so I don't know if who 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 the manager favors, but mm-hmm. all I'm trying to say is that if you have it there just seems to be something working about this Argentina team. <laughs> there just seems to be something working and and I like to to like continue the same point it's just i like i i can envision how they're going to set up i think they're going to set up four in the back with basically three holding midfielders is how i imagine them setting up and then three players maybe it's it could be like di maria laturo and messi if di maria's in favor it could be correa 
It could be Alvarez, you know. The, the well, what do you think course. about that, though? Di Maria, I still, I mean, I think he performs very well and he's, I mean, for the national team, but at 33 or 4, I mean, do you Di, reckon? Di Maria is, to me, one of the most enigmatic right. figures, like, of this generation. Because mm-hmm. there have been moments when I watch him play and I remember there was a PSG match uh, like four years ago where I was calling my friend, Di Maria is the best player in the world. No exaggeration, Di Maria is the best player in the world. And there are other times when you're looking at him, you're like, what does this guy even have? This guy has, I mean, he's old, he can't defend. He always is trying to chop back onto his left foot. And his technique is often very questionable. Like it's, but there's something where like when he's on his game, I think aside from your Messi's and your Ronaldo's, he's he's right there. Right. Um, even at this age, there's something magical about him. Even you know, even in the last World Cup run, he scored some really yeah. stunning goals when they needed. So it's obviously not, it's not what you'd want if me or you were picking a squad from scratch. It's not who we'd want, but but there is a magical element to him where if if he's if you're in a close game, you know, in the 70th minute, for example. Di Maria is kind of the man you want on the ball much more than like a young, uh, unproven player. So I don't mind Di Maria. The question is if it's if it's Di Maria, Larturo, and 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 Messi. The question is, are there enough goals there? Um, and and is there the tactic? I mean, to me, it's like I still hold this, you know, Europe versus the rest of the world um, in terms of tactics, and that could that could be kind of slightly, you know. Uh, oversimplified and maybe problematic view of of the tactical setup, but I still view these other teams as trying a more like laissez-faire approach to the tactical game where they're going to just allow like Demer, let's be honest, Di Maria would not get in the starting lineup of probably any other team and maybe probably like the first, the top like 15 of the rankings. I mean, there's no chance that Di Maria is going to get in because they want players that are working harder. They want, but yeah. there's something where these coaches are allowing for a bit of more of like, no, no, this he, is the he, guy. He doesn't play all the matches in Argentina either, but you know, I mean, it's, it's not like he's been dropped. It's more just how Scaloni sets up certain matches. So he's, I don't think he'll start all of them though. I mean, even, but he will, but even, he will have a prominent role though. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, is like, even, yeah, I mean, okay, let's let's talk about England to 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 make a quick segue because in, the English setup, Argentina, kind of by this very nature of its team, has to play how they're playing. They don't have a particularly good defensive line, and they don't have a particularly good midfield. So what they're going to do is just use their midfield as a defensive wall. And they're going to just say, all right, Messi, please, whether it's whether it's Correa, which is a very promising player, or whether it's Los Sancho, they're going to they're going to Arturo, they're going to say, please, you guys get us the goals. We're going to try to defend as stoutly and as often with Argentina. It's like very cynically. They're going to be committing fouls. It's, they're going to make the game like ugly in their own um, in their own defense. I mean, Argentina's game's never been uh, particularly pretty one i mean they no basically no get absolutely stuck in and, and yeah they get stuck in i mean they're probably a horrible team to play against and, and yeah. they're i mean they're i mean they have lo celso i mean lo celso 
They have Rodriguez. They have Paredes. I mean, these are players that are not competing yeah, bar- at the top. They, they barely make their club team starting. Exactly. Line. So, like so, DePaul, DePaul, who is crucial to Argentina in the last two or three years, Lacelso, they're not making the first team. DePaul's dropped by Simeone quite often. He's, he's not in the Atletico Madrid first team. Same with Lacelso. Um, and then, yeah, they have the they have a this kid Enzo Fernandez. I was watching him against you know he's playing for Benfica against uh, against PSG. We can talk about that later. It's just the commentator is saying during the match, he's like he's like I wager this guy gets a yellow card within the first five minutes of the match. He's just that type of player. He's just going in with his studs. He's all action. But so I kind of I I've I mean I played at an extremely low level, but I've played against teams like this where it's just like they have their top players right. who are going to get the the goals everyone else is just working for them um and everyone else is just getting stuck in and i really like i like that and i think it's actually a very viable tactical setup especially on the international level where there's more conservatism the thing is with england that's a huge problem for me you've mentioned already so we're on we're on the same page like southgate is to me like a catastrophe and so just even just from like an aesthetic perspective honestly i could kind of care less uh, you know um, how they how they proceed, but you have a team where probably second to France or maybe even above France in terms of a plethora of attacking talent, pretty much at the top of their game. You have Sterling, Saka, Harry Kane, Foden, you have Grealish, you have Sancho, you have all of these players, man. And what you actually have is a somewhat subpar central midfield. Um, in terms of uh, Declan Rice, and I think he played uh, um, Calvin yes. Phillips. I, I don't know if Calvin Phillips is still going to be in the setup. I, I don't know why Calvin Phillips went to Manchester City. It seemed a very, I don't know what Pep told him to expect, because it just seems like he's very far behind Rodri um, yeah. and, and Gundogan. And even I, even if those two get injured, I feel like he would Pep would come up with a different solution. So, but if me and you are setting up England, I don't think there's any chance we would say, okay, five in the back, (laughs) five defenders. Okay. And then two holding midfielders. And then we're only going to have room on this team where our clear, our clear strength is attack. We're only going to play three of them. And okay. Grealish might not be able to get into the team. Foden might not be able to get into the team. Sterling. I mean, why would it, what I'm what I'm trying to say is there seems to be a very prudent conservatism that comes from like an Argentina or even like a Tiche where it's just like look four in the back two holding and then we're going to let our attackers go but there's like a there's a prudence to that setup whereas England it just seems purely fear driven it's like why wouldn't you just play four in the back put your holding midfielder there and then get Foden who what type of team would want to play against uh, you know a team that came out with like let's say a a 4-2-3-1 where they're playing Foden in the number 10, Grealish on one wing, Sterling on the other wing, and Kane up top. I mean, wouldn't you wager that that team is going to outscore um, the other team? It's not like they have a terrible defense um, either. So I'm just thinking with England, it it was so disappointing in in the Euros, um, the way that they played, and the fact that it succeeded made all of the pundits who were really – 
angry with Southgate at the beginning, be like, oh, Southgate's a genius. He's like the Winston Churchill figure. Like he's the only one with the balls to like do what's required and make the unpopular decisions. It's like, come on, you know, this is a real recipe for disaster and also just a recipe for like aesthetic calamity. Their matches are so tedious. But that's always been, always been the case with England. I mean, I, I remember yeah, far, even when Ericsson was the coach and then it was never, I mean, I think they do have better attacking players than they've ever had before, um, in, or at least for a very long time. But it's not set up as an attacking team. It's like you, they're not trusting the strengths that they have and setting up in a very, very similar it's almost like an English national team spirit kind of thing and, and which which doesn't seem to work. They haven't won since June, which stretches now six matches. Um, now I, they don't look convincing at all. I mean, the, and the other thing is, even when they, they, they had their run in the Euro, when they reached the final, which it's a pretty poor performance. You can't beat an, it, an Italy team at home um, in Wembley. But... but there's nothing in the game. I mean, I know they also yeah, reached yeah. The, the semifinal in the previous World Cup, but at best, they ground out victories, right? They really, really make it hard. Like you're saying, it's tedious to watch them. Once in a while, they may beat a really weak team, 6-0 or something, and you feel, oh, okay, something's going on, but obviously that doesn't tell you much. But Again, the same, they've gone with a manager or they've stuck with, I mean, it would have been great if they had a bad Euro. They would have checked out the manager and yeah, gotten yeah, someone yeah, yeah. who, unfortunately, when you've reached the final of the Euro, that's not when you, and the same thing with yeah, France. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they, they won the World Cup, so you're not going to yeah, check yeah. out the manager. But they both these, both Deschamps and Southgate, it's, they don't trust the strengths of the players yeah, that they have. So, exactly. well, what are you going to do then? I mean, it's it's a bad sort of. It's um, it's it's very much, it's very much like what what you're saying. They don't trust. That's a, I think the most eloquent way of putting it. They don't trust themselves, and as a very psychological thing, you understand that. It's like when you don't trust your strength as an individual. If you're self confident, then you're going to back yourself and, and try to maneuver the situation so that it plays to your strengths. But if you don't trust your strength, you're just going to hide in the corner and hope that your weaknesses aren't, aren't, aren't picked up. And it seems so odd that this England team probably close, if not better, at least as good as their golden generation with, with Beckham and all of them. Yeah. And that they're playing this, this setup. I mean, they have Jude Bellingham, which, we, which I forgot to mention earlier. I mean, they really have, if they just played a 4-2-3-1, they really have i mean there's really nothing to pick between them and like a brazil in terms of the quality if you talk about sterling if if they're front four for instance i mean saka how can you can give saka a shout too i mean he, he's he's almost at that level too but if you'd go with the more experienced players foden Grealish, sterling okay. kane with bellingham in in the kind of the 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 motor in the midfield all right it's not like their backline is abysmal. So why why not back that? You do have Maguire though. I mean, they, they yeah, I mean, you do have, have a... But the thing is, the thing is, Ashim, here, here's my point. If if I I hate this five in the back, man. I I don't understand it. It's like right. it's like postmodern art. It's a conservative. Really conservative. Yeah, it's conservative, but there's something 
to it, which I don't get. You know, you walk you walk into the museum and you see these artwork and it's just shapes and you're like, well, I don't get it. I, I'm angry I don't get it. So I'm going to make the point that it's crap to cover right. myself. And it's the same with this. I don't get the five in the back because it would be one thing if like you were in Italy. Okay, Italy, over the years, defensive stalwarts. And you say, okay, that's the Italian setup. And it's very hard to score against them. They never leak goals. So, and But England... It's not like they're playing five in the back and, and not conceding goals. It's not they like putting four against Hungary just a yeah. month ago. Harry yeah. Maguire is terrible. The point is not if the point is not okay. Okay, he's so bad, so we're going to put another center defender who's going to stand directly next to him. No, that's not how it works. Put up an attacking player and make the other team put the ball, you know, uh, in the in their half of the field. Make them do some defending. Don't just pack the your own defensive third with big meaty. English men. I mean, the game has moved beyond that. <laughs> just, just in in um, they're in Group B with Iran, USA, and Wales, which you expect them to come out of. Do you think they'll top it? The thing is, I don't know what's going on, but England always plays USA. I don't know why that happens, and it's always a terrible match. Yeah. <laughs> USA, I mean, USA, I don't even know if, 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 if we want to talk about USA, but like the thing is, if, ah, man, like I know the, the club to international comparison doesn't really quite work, yeah. but it seems that there's, there's much more parity in the international game than the club game where it's like, it's Definitely. very rare that the top team even if the gulf in quality is the same it, it's very rare that the top team in, in international just runs away with it as like city will just yeah. run away with their groups Never, yeah. St- yeah. so the thing is england england's probably second team would probably be the starting 11 on all of the other three teams so you would expect them to to, to win these matches but you look at Wales, and every time I've seen England play against Wales, it's been there's been nothing in it because England just doesn't back themselves. So okay, Wales will get a free kick, forty yards on goal, and England will freak out. And, uh, and USA is, have a, they are like up. I mean, they don't have the players, and Bale's old, but they really, really they have desire, which which can yeah absolutely and yeah absolutely and, and iran bit. iran too iran topped iran the too. asian qualifying i mean yeah exactly we don't it's know good... too much about their team but that that says i mean they they were past south korea i mean they, they topped south korea as well so won't be an easy match as such interestingly enough i don't know if you saw this but i was surprised to see that in terms of the fifa rankings this group group b is the is the the, the best, best group Lowest which you wouldn't necessarily England, Iran, USA, Wales, you wouldn't yeah. think group of death by any stretch of the imagination. But I think anything can happen. You know, I think right. anything can happen. There's like we're saying with England, like they had skulls, <laughs> they had skulls, uh, uh, Lampard, Gerard, three right. of the best, and, and the, the coach. No one in the in the structure was like, hey, let's play all three of these guys and we'll play a midfield three. They just never are able to to play to their strengths in this way. And 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 still like if you if you watch interviews, they're pretty fun to watch. Like there's one with I think Lampard and Gerard and 
they're just like, why did you guys never win anything? And they're, you know, they're kind of confused themselves. And they're like, oh, we got put into this tactical straitjacket, you know. But, but it, you know, one thing I, I would say for that, like, I mean, obviously this is a broader discussion, but the previous golden generation, Lampard, Gerard won. I think that the club rivalries did seem to take over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, true. you don't see that with England anymore. I mean, with Kane, Mount, all these guys play for different club teams and they're all obviously battling each other. But I think with Gerard, Lampard, Scholes, United, Liverpool, Chelsea, there was a lot more antagonism. It wasn't like, you know, the settled top six are there now to stay. And of course, they'll keep um, shifting around which team comes first. But there it was a much more antagonistic thing. So I never think I, I never thought they actually gelled together in in. in all no, the no, they didn't. They didn't. Tournaments I saw them, yeah. That's true. It's just there's something in the in the English in the English character, can we say? I mean, is that, <laughs> is that a ridiculous thing to say? I just remember being at because I was at the World Cup in 2014 and I just remember man, it was such a pleasant atmosphere all, in terms of the cosmopolitan nature of it people from different countries everyone's getting along everyone's relaxing it's it's brazil's rio de janeiro and the british fans are just walking around picking fights with everyone like they're just so it was like a black cloud moving through it's like geez like what what is going on there like can you guys <laughs> well, maybe they're compensating for the tediousness of what they have to watch you know because it's not like england are a feisty team it's not no, like Argentina no. or um, no, even Netherlands good. sometimes, you know, where it really gets stuck in. And, and of course, Netherlands are also known for a different kind of football. But, um, you know, it, it's they're not like getting yellow cards and red cards and, you know, bad tackles. It, it, it just seems like slow death, you know, when you watch England. I mean, you know, yeah, it really is. It's so <laughs> bizarre. It is. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's very bizarre. But I mean, in terms of um, teams we haven't spoken about, just just one 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 thing to go back to Argentina here. I mean, just for a second. Yeah. I think one... you can't resist. You can't resist. No, I I see. The thing is, why why I want to bring up this point is this is a post two thousand eighteen team, right? They went absolutely as low as they could in eighteen, and then they had to rebuild. What I think really and 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 it just struck me even though we're talking about england right now is how a team is set up and whether not just how a team is set up but whether you're forced to play as a team for the last 15 years of four maybe since 2006 maybe it's been pass the ball to messi and that's it right that's been their yeah, tactic yeah. even when they've had good players like yeah, Perez, yeah, Di maria and i mean they still have some of them but there's never been another tactic what happened after 2018, which I, I mean, I follow Argentina. So there's something that Messi didn't play for about five or six months. Like he, he didn't retire, but he was taking a yeah. temporary break. Scaloni had to play with the rest of the group or had to mold them into a team. They get them to play with each other. Okay. You, there's no yeah. Messi to pass with. And it was only a matter of five or six friendlies because, you know, international matches don't take place that often. When Messi came back, he was a player. Obviously, a player mm. they revert to, they respect, and obviously defer to, and are looking for him, but not in the same way that it, it used to be before. That's somewhat coming back with his resurgence, mm. but 
I still think that you know it, it's not yet it's not 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 taken those um, proportions that they, it you used to where it's just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still think. I mean, here's the question. Argentina. I mean, obviously they set up. They, this is a team which will depend on Messi. They're not. I mean, I mean, I think that's something something pretty obvious that it's it's not a one man team because you know that, but he is going to be the difference, right? He is going to be the one who. Um, it's it's not like Brazil that you know if Neymar doesn't play, I don't think it'll dent their chance right. significantly. It's but true. It will. Um, even France, I, I mean, Mbappe is obviously you know the you know the best player in their team and is very important. But if he doesn't play, I think they have enough firepower to compensate for that. Argentina don't. Um, Absolutely. He'll need Messi to fire and have a very good World Cup. Um, Absolutely. If they're to win. Just one thing, because I know he, he just a couple of days ago, he said this is his last, which we all, all knew, but he confirmed that this is his last World Cup. I don't know if he'll play um, the Copa in 24. But just looking back, because this is the end of the Messi Ronaldo generation, right? What has dictated, yeah. determined, set the standards for football the last 15 years. Let's say he doesn't win this. I mean, obviously, we are hoping for something different. And like yeah, you yeah, said, yeah. I think there's a certain, it would be. Let's be open. We both want Argentina to win the World Cup. Is that true? Most definitely. And also, <laughs> but I think in terms of football, it would be like your best player. You want him to win the greatest yeah, prize, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, from yeah. a neutral perspective as well. But if he doesn't win, how do you think of his not well football career? And obviously, he's the greatest club player to have ever played. I think that's largely agreed upon. What do you think of his legacy? Because you know it's the last couple of years anyway. But if he doesn't win this World Cup, and do you think mm-hmm. it tarnishes it in some way? I mean, when you obviously the comparisons with Diego and Pele and even Brazilian Ronaldo and all, they're always going to stay, but he doesn't win the World Cup. What do you What do you think? I mean, does that sort of really set, put a dent on? Mm, I, oh man, I I would hope not. The, the The thing is that Argentina team from 2014 was really good. They were really good. They were better than Germany. They got more chances than that match than Germany. They should have won that match. Yeah, they should have won the match. I mean, they had that was like you're saying. It was just give the ball to Messi, but they had Di Maria, Aguero. And they missed uh, three chances. Three chan- One of them was, of course, Messi, but they missed three pretty simple, well, yeah, regulation yeah. chances. Messi, Iguain, yeah, so, Palacios. So it's, so it's not like, right. it, it's not like Messi can, can like Holland, for example. Holland, if, if he never wins any European, if he never wins anything with his national team, he can just plead, look, I mean, what, what do you want me to do with these guys? <laughs> <laughs> like, so, but Messi can't really like plead that. Yeah. The, the thing is, Messi, he he. What I think of what I think of him first and foremost, if if and when he retires, is I'll be really sad to yeah. not be able. He t- he took the games to such aesthetic. I'm 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 I, I watch soccer for the aesthetic. I don't watch it. I mean, if Arsenal wins, great, but I really watch it for the aesthetic. I'd rather Arsenal play with Wenger and lose. 38 matches than play with Mourinho and go new in invincibles. Like I, I, that's always how I've been. And Messi took the game to such heights. Like you've never seen anything like it. I mean, you can show his top 10, top 50 goal highlight reel to someone who has never even enjoyed watching the game. And you might have a new 
they might start to watch right. watch football just because of that. So I think there's something like so so beautiful about that. And it, it, but in, obviously, what we've seen in the last years, where since he hasn't really won anything since 2015, and so he, mm. you see that he's actually a, he's a bit of a curmudgeonly figure. Whereas before, it would be messy, messy. Okay, well, he won the Copa. No, I'm sorry, pardon me. He won the Copa, which was a tremendous, tremendous achievement. But there was that period in between, right? Yeah, there was like a yeah. five-year period where it was like. Right. He he was just a sort of a difficult kind of rankly personality, whereas before it was Messi. Messi never dives. You know, Messi never does. That would be like the big YouTube highlight of him. He never dives. He never complains to the referee, whereas Ronaldo and Neymar flopping around just right. intolerable personalities. Whereas what we saw in the last years is Bob Messi is a difficult personality in 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 and of, in, in in itself. So right. it's hard to know exactly what what that Argentina dressing room is like, how talismanic of a figure he is. Um, But what we've seen, and this is slightly rambly, but what we've seen in the PSG-Benfica match, I don't know if you got to see, is Messi is on his day, which that was his day. He's still the best player in the world. I mean, he was absolutely running the game, and it's nice to see we haven't seen that. I haven't seen that against top opposition. You know, right. I mean, it's basically even in the last couple of years of his Barcelona game, he was still um, waiting a bit more for the game to come to him. Right. And it, he was absolutely beating players, running past players, making the, the right pass at the right moment. The thing that's interesting with Messi is like, there was a moment in Benfica match where he made which this would piss me off, even though you're messy. This would piss me off as a teammate. He played, uh, it, it was a nothing situation. Like Messi just took the ball off the center back and played probably his only loose pass of the match. He just tried to play it to Verratti, but played it too far in front of Verratti. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and it just randomly sprung a chance for Benfica. And it was like a, basically a two-on-two for Benfica, right. uh, 40 yards from goal. Messi not only did not... Get, get back where it's clearly his fault he didn't even like make the, this like a gesture he right, just continued like walks i was like dude you have to i mean something like that is like there's something that kind of violates the team spirit like okay if you don't want to track back as a tactical thing but you you've played enough man it's like if you give the ball away like you're at least going to turn and 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 and, and and show your teammates like I'm invi- I'm invested here. So right. there's something with Messi that kind of rank- rankles. But mm-hmm. overall, for me, like I think you know, God willing, you know, in 50 years or something, 30 years, we're talking and describing Messi to the younger generation. We have to be stubborn and be like, no, no, Messi is way better than any of these crap young players you have out here. Like, don't give me this. Like the Messi is so. Of course, you're rooting for him, but I don't think it tarnishes it because, man, the, what we have to hope for though. <laughs> Is that Portugal doesn't pull one out of the? <laughs> Welcome to Portugal. But you know about about legacy, about legacy. It is. I think one thing that people forget is he won the best player in fourteen, the best player in the Copa fifteen, and in the twenty one edition. So in three major tournaments, he's actually won the golden ball. That I mean, obviously they didn't win. They reached the final and. Um, 
they lost, like Ajnima lost, but I think that tells you something, right? I mean, he's tried what he could. Like, he was the best player in three editions of yeah, major yeah. tournaments, which I don't think is even Brazilian Ronaldo, that was not the case. I mean, he, he um, so I think that also has to be remembered. Whatever happens in this World Cup, which is obviously his final World Cup, um, that, that one should remember that, right? That, I mean, that, that's a pretty unique legacy as well, which is, and, and, yeah. And the thing is, like, the, the, the thing is, when you talk about Messi, we've mentioned this previous, but you have to talk about the longevity. And, yeah. like, okay, you're saying sports science, that, like, you made an interesting point, like, sports science, Messi and Ronaldo are maybe, like, using sports science to their advantage in ways right. which will be difficult because it will become the norm. Right. Um, but if you think about Maradona, I mean, it's kind of a flash in the pan career. I mean, it's very quick that he's going to Napoli and he's doing cocaine, you know, heavily yeah. um, midweek. I mean, there's a that fantastic. There's a really fantastic documentary ab- ab- about him um, yeah. showing this, and that's not. That's fine. His personal choices are his personal choices, but he just happened to win the World Cup when he was at the peak of his game. It's not like a 36 year old uh, uh, <laughs> Maradona was galvanizing Argentina anywhere. So yeah. I don't think that that much can be. Look, Germany won. I think that's. I think like if 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 Argentina won that match, Messi may have even retired already. Right. So right. we Absolutely. might even have like. So I think we should be grateful for that. What we have to watch out for to repeat my point is, if Ronaldo, Ronaldo already calls himself the best player of all time. He's not even. He's not even. I would I say mean, he's top five. Top five probably. But but I mean to say is you see those interviews where he's. Oh yeah, he is pompous and megalomaniacal beyond. Like he's number and, one in that in any sport. But and I remember the fact that there is even a debate, kind of rankles me. I'm, I'm not sure it rank, rankles Messi because I think Messi kind of just knows. I don't know. I, I have no idea what it's like to be that good at, at anything or how much it really matters. But Messi just has. Messi knows. I mean, like it's. I mean, it, it, the the heights that that Barcelona team hit right. are higher. I mean, Ronaldo and Madrid, they did win more trophies over over the over the in Europe. Year. in Europe in Europe in Europe exactly. Yeah. What but I'm in the league, is, but, I mean, with them playing the same teams, nine years that Ronaldo and Messi faced each other, um, Madrid won twice. Atletico yeah, won exactly. once and Barcelona won six times. So and and the thing is, the thing is, I love those Madrid teams. Like I don't want to take anything away from, especially the the when when Modric starts getting involved, involved right. and and Cruz. I mean, those are really fantastic teams, and we've spoken a lot right. about the laissez-faire tactics are like kind of appealing. But there's something to be said for the heights that the Barcelona team reached in the early the late 2000s early 2010s those are heights which i don't think we've even come anywhere near 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 approaching so to be on the pinnacle to be on the pinnacle of something like that and then to keep playing because like ronaldinho was kind of on the pinnacle of that but where does messi keep getting like ronaldinho is probably the only player that i've ever seen where i think on his day his best performance he might be as good as messi like he might he's just completely unplayable and he can do everything Right. Um, but he's not motivated, and and I don't blame. 
blame him for that. He's just like, look, I, I won. I mean, I was the best. We achieved the heights. So I think, you know, what is motivating but I think, Messi? Ma- Mark, you know, it's, it's, it's what you said just a while ago. If Ronaldo and Messi had won the World Cup early in their careers, or even yeah. at some point in the middle of their careers, I know Messi could have won at the age of 27, their careers would have been over. It's just that you yeah. haven't reached the pinnacle it motivates you, right? It, it motivates you. Ronaldinho, he won in 2002 and he yeah. was one of the pivotal players. He Not won only the did Champions he win, League. he scored that ridiculous free kick goal against David Seaford. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the British fans, English fans will tell us it was a pass that... <laughs> no <laughs> way, no way. There's no chance. There's no yeah, chance. Even, even I think he meant it, but it's just kind of hard <laughs> to say. <laughs> but anyway, point is that at the age, I mean, at an early, well, relatively, I mean, 25 or so, 24, 25, you win the World Cup, you win the Champions League, you're voted best player in the world. It's hard, you know, to keep motivated. Yeah. I mean, what, what is actually keeping you in that sport, especially when you have an inclination to the nightlife and so on? This is um, <laughs> Ronaldo. And Ronaldo, too, by the way, there is the, I mean, he hasn't won the World Cup. I mean, he was, they won, they managed to sneak out a Euro a few years ago but it keeps them and perhaps this is probably a good time to because Ronaldo is struggling really badly in the last few weeks I mean it's it's I mean his game yesterday was absolute shambles Mm -hmm. but Portugal they have players they have a good I mean it's not it's, it's not like they don't have um good players in 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 key positions I mean there is um I think there's a case to be made. There's a sorry to interrupt you. There's yeah, a case to be made that they. I mean, I think I don't know what their internal dynamics is, but if their internal dynamics is healthy and affirmative, I think there's no reason that team doesn't fancy themselves to win the World Cup. And I mean, that team is absolutely. Yeah, Rafael. Rafael. I mean, they're they're attacking three now. Whether they play or not, I mean. Obviously, they have to play Ronaldo just for, you know, yeah. uh, for you know, too politics. Big a personality, yeah. It's too big. I mean, it would be counterproductive not to play him. Right. But, okay, granted, Bruno Fernandes has had a bit of a dip mm-hmm. in form. But you have Rafael Leao. I don't know how much you've gotten to see him play. Yeah. But this He's just so good. I mean, yeah, in terms of yeah. wingers, I mean, maybe you have Mbappe ahead of him and, and that has to be basically it in, in on current form he is just i mean i saw him play granted chelsea ended up thrashing milan but he just came out and absolutely ran straight at fafana and reese james and left them for dead like they weren't even there he yeah. gave he gave fafana like he gave fafana like a 10 yard running head start and still just did a scissor and kicked it past him and absolutely blew past him. And that's their 21 year old, you know, like $70 million signing or whatever. So you have a, a, you have Danilo Pereira, Ruben Diaz is a pretty solid back two. you have obviously Jao Cancelo and you have, uh, and you have Mendes um, for, 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 uh, for PSG. So you have a very solid and creative back four. You have Ruben Neves, who is Arsenal wanted to sign, should have signed, should have paid everything for him. He's really been like Wolves' best player um, for for the last years. 
you have Carvalho, who's another solid holding midfielder. So if you're looking for a weakness in the team, the weakness is actually Ronaldo. Exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> like it's, you, you hate to say that, even someone like me who has had animosity towards him. But the, the thing is, they haven't looked... They're just a team that doesn't... I, I, I mean, they even have Renato Sanchez coming off the bench. I mean, they are, they, they're really good team. But there, there's something I would say off. It's strange that um, you, Nuno Mendes, Jota, um, Vitinha, and, Vitinha and, and and the guy for Atletico, Joao Felix, they yeah. don't get position. I mean, they they're not in the starting, so they have depth of squad. Like these guys are not even huge depth, squad. right? Yeah. Do you think, I mean, now that Ronaldo's struggling as much as he is in United, and that's not going to change very substantially because I think Ten Hag now is very clear that he's not playing him. And the yeah. one or two occasions he does play him, like yesterday was sad, was really sad to see you yeah. know, Ronaldo reduced to that. Do you think, um, and by the way, Santos as a coach is, is, is not good at all. He may I mean he's probably slightly better than <laughs> Deschamps and Southgate who really, really set the bar low. But do you reckon, you know, these next couple of, well, not couple of months now, it's 45, a month and a half, there may be something, okay, maybe we can consider leaving Ronaldo out. Or is that something that's right. going to be completely um, anathema to, to the way the national team spirit and how they are portrayed in the eyes of the Portuguese um, public um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It certainly is interesting because, because it, well, let's let's be clear. It would strengthen them, right? I mean, it's sad. I know that yeah. it's not something that any Ronaldo fan wants to hear, but it would strengthen the team if he came off the bench, had an impact. And, if, and, if, and if if for instance they just played Diogo Jota, I think at this point in his career, Diogo Jota is just better than Cristiano Ronaldo. He works harder. He moves more. You can, do they need I think, a striker though? Do they, do they don't have? They have a lot of players in other positions, but Jota is not really a striker. And do they have I another think, striker? I mean, they have Shao Felix, who's another kind of just off yeah, the ten. Cool. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I, I, there's not a number nine. The right. thing is, you could play Lau, Rafael Lau. You could play him as. You could definitely play him as a number nine. I mean, this guy is right. different level. But yeah, like I, I don't. It would be a different story, like you're saying, if they were just leaving, um, you know. Also, real... I, I don't know at this stage, considering they're not going to play any match till the World Cup now. If you're leaving out your number nine, because that that's a certain, I mean, it requires a change in strategy and tactics, right? Do they suddenly experiment with something like that in the World Cup? They're probably not, right? I mean, it's... I think there's, I mean, this is wild speculation. I think there's about 0% chance okay. barring injury that Ronaldo gets, gets left out. I mean, this is, it's it, in a sense, it would be an insult um, right, to, right. To, to him. It doesn't, it, it's, it's not, but that, yeah, that is the weakness. That is the weakness in the team. I mean, you have. Yeah. And Ronaldo doesn't have, go down easy. I mean, he'd probably make it a situation like France in the 2010 when they were staging a revolt. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and the thing is, Ronaldo, you wouldn't be surprised if he just had a decent World Cup. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. He's just so yeah, he's amped. <laughs> exactly. He's so amped. Like, how could he? I mean, it's... It, but there's something... I don't know. 
there's something off putting to me about the Portugal team. They, um, I, I didn't, I did not think they were the best team in the Euros when they won it. Oh, they whatever it is, they really six years ago. They want to something... credit Ronaldo a bit to really drive them, but yeah, they were pretty lucky over there. To me, it's like a, it's like kind of a France situation. It's more of a collection of individuals. They just happen to have, I mean, to have Jao Cancelo and and Mendes as your outside backs is ridiculous. I mean, no, I mean, their 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 starting line is two of Manchester City's best defenders and then two of Paris Saint Germain's best yeah. center defenders with Bernardo Silva and Rafael Leal. Uh, Bruno Fernandez, Diego Jota, João Felix. I mean, that's that's a. I mean, it's enough the only to win reason the, the only reason that team would not win the World Cup is if they get genuinely outplayed by a team at the top of their game, which just doesn't seem to happen that much in world football or a psychological. Implosion. Speaking of which, Mark. Now the thing is, they're in <laughs> in Group H with Ghana, Uruguay, mm-hmm. and the Korean Republic. That's a very difficult group. It's a difficult group, but here's the thing. Here's what's worse. For them, if they come second, they're likely to play Brazil, who have always uh, topped their group, and who have only Serbia, Cameroon, and Switzerland. I don't see yeah. Brazil coming second in that group. I think no, I don't either. I if don't Portugal comes second, they're playing Brazil in the second round. Wow! So I think Portugal will be lucky to get out of that group, man. Like, <laughs> wait, I don't Ghana mean that in any Uruguay. kind of way. I, I, dude, I mean, let me, like, I mean, Korea is. Korea is a very, Korea is a team that always shows up in, in these tournaments. I mean, that's true. That, that it's if I'm looking for to get an easy an easy win to get my feet on the ground in the World Cup, I do not want to be playing against Korea. Oh, definitely. I do not, not want to be playing against Uruguay. I mean, Uruguay is Uruguay is basically Argentina's chippiness without the without anything else. I mean, Right. I mean, they're always going studs into the back of your knee for yeah. 90 Arkin. minutes. Um, and they're and the Ghana's, ones, I mean, not their Ghana matters, too. but they're the ones who um, beat Portugal in the previous iteration. Obviously, Cavani mm-hmm. and Suarez were a lot younger, but, you know, it's, it's not the easiest <laughs> of games, no. No, no. So, yeah, I mean, the only team we haven't mentioned, because there's two, there's two other teams that I think have it. There's three other teams, but let's just go through them very quickly. Belgium, I don't think justifies their ranking. I, I don't understand their ranking. Yeah, even I don't. Understand. I, what have they done in the last couple of years? I think they just consistently have done well in like the qualifier, in the qualifiers, and the friendlies. They, right. they, they. I mean, I don't really. I mean, all of their, all of their, um, all of their key players are the same key players as they were in, in the last World Cup. They the problem is apart from De Bruyne. The rest have dropped. Lukaku, Azar, yeah, they've Hazard, all dropped. I mean, I mean, they have. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah. I mean, Alderweireld Al, Al and Vertonghen. Yeah, Courtois, but I mean, Courtois is obviously a huge factor as we saw in the Champions League right. final. But right. you have a five in the back. They play five in the back. Out of Alderweireld and Vertonghen are very old. I mean, they were already past their prime in, in the last World Cup. Right. Um, so it's just. Tielemans and Witzel, it's, it's a good team. It's certainly like a good, it's a solid, compact team, but you'd be very surprised um, if they were playing against another top team and, and dictating the play. You'd imagine that they'd be on the back foot. 
And here's the thing, they are likely, I don't think Costa Rica and Japan are going to qualify over Spain and Germany. So Belgium are going, if they get out of their group, which they should with Canada, Morocco and Croatia, they should come first or second. They're going to yeah, either play Spain or Germany, which is the last two teams we haven't spoken about. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. So, yeah, I mean, Spain, Spain is an interesting one because Spain... They're not as good as they used to be. I mean, let's just let's oh. just leave that there. But they're still, in terms of the continuity, that point you were talking about with club, they still have. I mean, the coach is out of his mind. Uh, who, who's what's the, name of the coach? Jordan. Yeah, I mean, the guy is completely. I don't know. I mean, he had he won the trouble with Barcelona. You can't take that away from him. But I think Suarez, Messi, Messi Neymar. Uh, I mean, yeah. Iniesta. I mean, whatever. Right. But. He's not picking Ansu Fati, which is very odd to me because I would I would think Ansu Fati unless there's something with his injury because there is something with his injuries though. He's there's not something. Like there's, okay, even there's, with Barcelona, there is a bit of an issue. Like so, so I'm saying if yeah. if there's if it's something that it's just not public, like look, this guy actually can't run for 45 minutes without you know like there being a, a, a danger of re, of reenacting his knee problem. Right. But absent that. He has to be, for me, he's far and away their best player. But So I'm, I'm speaking in circles. In terms of continuity, they have Busquets, Gavi, Pedri. And he seems like he might just want to use them. He also has Rodri, um, who knows those players well. I mean, that's very, very, very good in terms of ball retention. But then when you look ahead of them and behind them, really, it just doesn't look particularly convincing. I mean, you have... In the last friendly, they played Sarabia, who's just another player that has never really convinced mm-hmm. when he for PSG. Right. Uh, Asensio, who's just well off it, and Ferran Torres, another player who has to be. Uh, I mean, he's very young and his confidence is, is has to be low. He's been completely clipped um, at Barcelona. I think if you had an Ansu Fati or something like that, um, but it just seems like something's happened with this generation of Spanish players where they haven't been able to produce. Um, basically, since David Villa, they haven't really been able to produce a, an attacking player to go with their, you know, their stylish midfield yeah, players. That, I think, is the main problem, the attacking. Because even in the last Euro, they played quite well. They should have actually beaten Italy. Yeah, they should have. They should have. But, but it's just the front three, Morata... Asensio, Sarabia, Torres, and then they I mean, were playing Olmo and the, those guys. Yeah, yeah. And it just, they, they, I mean, I don't know, it's two years on, so maybe something will change, but they didn't have the quality. It just wasn't there to... Yeah, they just liked the quality. Down. Exactly. And the thing is, is like we've seen Busquets, Pedri, Gavi play. I mean, they, right. they're obviously good on the ball, but they also get ran right through. I mean, right. like we can right. just make a quick shout, like, Barcelona. I mean, Barcelona lost to 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 Munich. Obviously, you're saying it's a tough match. The match could have gone either way right. if Lewandowski took his chances. But they, they played lost against, to Inter too, right? Just a couple. They of lost Inter, and I, and I I happened to get to see the match, and it was it was a great match. But the thing is, these are these are players, Gavi, Busquets, and Pedri that they need some. They need a lot happening in front of them. Right, because the Inter just Inter just went right for them. Inter just went right for them and said, "Look, uh, we're going to counter very aggressively. 
and we're not that convinced that you're going to be able to play through us. So you can have your 70, 60% possession, but you're not going to be able to do much with it. And I thought Inter actually completely had the better. I mean, granted, it's hard to say you have the better of the play when you have 40% possession, but I think tactically they just out, they out played them. And that's not even a particularly good Inter, Inter team. Um, so there's worries for me in terms of Barcelona. There's worries. But like even Barcelona, it's like, you know, we've ragged on Dembele, but you see how Barcelona plays. They have Gavi, Busquets, Pedri. All they really do is funnel the ball to Dembele. They're just saying, give it to Dembele, and they're saying, look, it's like what they used to do with Messi. Iniesta, Xavi, Busquets, Yaya, Terry, before him are world-class players, but at a certain point, they still had to give the ball to Messi and say, look, man, just do, do something, play a one-two, do, you beat a few players. And that's what they're trying to do with Dembele. And Spain does not have that player at all. Like, they don't even have... I mean, Ferran Torres, Sarabia, Asensio, never mind them not being of the requisite quality. They're not even players who are um, conditioned to even want to run with the ball. I mean, they're players that want to play in nice and tight. So I don't see much from Spain. The the thing... Um, the thing is, Germany... <laughs> That's a very interesting... It's surprising also, right, Germany? Because the thing is, they have good players. They have a good coach. Very good coach. He just won the sextuple, I think, two years ago. <laughs> it's, it's, it's surprising. They, they've, I mean, the thing is, Germany, also the other thing about them is they may struggle a lot, but they usually show up in the big tournaments. It's, they're not like they're... Yeah, yeah. yeah. At least usually. that's what their history has been. It's a little strange that they've been struggling as much as they have, considering the players they have and the coach they have. I I, I agree. And I... What was it? Love, the last coach? Oh, yes. Man, he was just doing some very... And that's another case of someone who won the World Cup and gets, gets away with a lot of decadence right. for the years after. Like, what? Man, England, Germany in the European Championships. I was so excited for that match. There's so much quality on the field, and that was one of the most difficult matches to watch. It was just both teams, for some reason, playing five in the back. It just it didn't make any sense, their tactical setup. It was awful. And so, like you're saying, they have, you know, they have the, new, the new coach. He won everything. Hansi, he won everything with Bayern. So it's, you, can't, you can't say that they don't have a, um, a coach with some ingenuity. They have a very solid... I mean, they have Neuer, um, who Ter Stegen. Right. Ter Stegen's a bit sad. Like he never, he never beat him yeah. out, and probably never will at this point. Yeah. But yeah. like, I mean, they have a very solid defense. Um, you know, they have Rudiger, Sule. I mean, it's, it's it's solid. And then the midfield, Gundogan, Kimmich. I mean, Goretzka. I, I don't know if they'll play what how they'll play, but. Between those three, even if they only play two of them, I mean, it doesn't really get any better than that. You have Sané, who I don't know how much Bayern you've gotten to see, but Sané is... Yeah, Sané, Sané and, was Musiala. Another... and Musiala, both. They're like... and, 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 yeah, they're both like... Un... And that was another thing that was very odd to me. That was probably the first moment when I started to wonder what was happening with Pep when Leroy Sané came to City, and I'm not blaming it all on Pep, but it was very clear to like even just the pundits. Well, Leroy Sané is unplayable. Leroy Sané is their, is their best attacking player. Just give him the ball. 
but Pep was not unhappy with like, I don't know his attitude or, or he just, and, and he let Sané go when there wasn't really a clear replacement. Sané, he was, was just very dropped. He was dropped for the last World Cup. They preferred to play yeah. Julian Brandt. So Lowe didn't even pick him. So is there something, so that's what I'm saying. It's hard to put it all on Pep. So there might be something with Sané's character. It might be a, you know, a difficult man to be around. But it seemed at least for, you know, I don't know how old Sané is. He, he has to be in his probably mid-20s at this point. For the last five years, 26. Okay, so for the last five years, aside from your Messi's and your Mbappe's, like he's as good as, he's as good as anyone. Um, he's absolutely unplayable. The defender has no chance of, of, of uh, in a one-on-one scenario, he, the defender has no chance. He plays really savvy one-twos. Um, they have Serge Gnabry, who has had a slight dip in form, but if you remember when Bayern won the Champions League those yeah. years back, I mean, the guy is another one Arsenal let go. I mean, he's unbelievable. The, this is all fine and good, but the weakness is of the forward line. I mean, are you going to play Havertz in a false Havertz. nine? I mean, Timo Werner is still getting a shout. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, it's kind of, you know, not not the most threatening. <laughs> not the most threatening uh, to defense. You have Thomas Muller, who I don't quite understand how he still gets in the Bayern team, but he does. Um, so yeah. that's another team. Honestly, that... Uh, who, who, what is their group? I want to just before making before they have. Before, um, I think it's, it's they have Costa Rica, Spain, Spain and Japan. Japan. Yeah. That's a very difficult group. Um, Costa Rica and Japan, really? You think so? I think yeah. I, th- I think Japan always. Japan. I, I don't know. I don't. Japan again. This is ignorance on my part. I don't know that much about Japan's team. Costa Rica is 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 a weak is a weak team. Yeah, they're um, probably a free hit in every sense. But Japan is not a free hit by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and so that's a difficult. I mean, that's a difficult group. Um, I think Germany. I mean. Germany would probably, if I had to bet, I would probably pick Germany to win the World Cup, which is a kind of a strange thing to say. But I, I just, there's just something about that group of players which inspires confidence in me. And like we like we've said, I mean, you said Chiche is a good manager, obviously, but they have an actual manager. Bayern is the only team that, one of the only teams in the World Cup that have an actual proven manager in yeah, the peak sense. of his peak of his career who made the decision to leave the best club in Europe in order to coach this team. Um, so they're young. They're, I think Germany, it's like a certain mindset where they're still, the ambition is somehow still there, even though they've won the World Cup. <laughs> like Thomas Muller. <laughs> no. He and Neuer are the only two that remain now. From that yeah, side. yeah. But, you know, we're saying like Ronaldinho won the World Cup chilled. Thomas Muller is not chilling. He's only become more shrill. but i don't know i I think um it's the same with i mean objectively bayern is not the best team in europe but i still pick them to win the champions league no i'm saying bayern Bayern i I still pick to win the champions and germany i still would you know i still would fancy against any of the teams i think they would fancy themselves Against even Brazil, the, I mean, even with their current form, though, which has been even with their current form, because form, 
form to me doesn't mean as much as long as you win the first game. If you win the first game of the World Cup, your form is out the window. You're now in the tournament. I don't think that's true. To think about some of the teams we've mentioned before, I don't think, you know, going up against Belgium, going up against Denmark, going up against uh, whatever, going up against England, going up against Argentina, Spain. I think Germany internally would fancy themselves against all of these teams. But that's probably my pick. I mean, what's your pick? My my heart pick is Argentina. My mind pick is... And also, before we go on, you, you have to get a little shit for picking Bayern, for picking Barca against Bayern. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't completely wrong. I mean, they should have won comfortably. You know? <laughs> okay, okay. But you do have to get a bit of a shit. Um, but but I, I think... See, I, I do think Argentina and Brazil are... Mm not going to mess up and they they will win their groups the next couple of matches you know i mean it's always hard to say in knockouts right but the thing is that if i imagine see brazil beating whoever comes out of group h even if it's portugal uruguay whoever i imagine argentina not screwing up if they screw up, they're going to meet France, by the way. So, which is, yeah. uh, and that, that's, you know, it's hard to say. And they can win that. I'm not saying like four years ago they couldn't. This time they can, but it's not something that you'd want to. Mexico, Mexico is a very difficult team. Right. Their form is bad right now, but Mexico is a team that always chokes eventually, but always shows up aggressively in the early stages of a major tournament. Sure, sure. But I do think Argentina have the quality to put. Poland and Mexico aside. I mean, not... You'd hope so. You'd hope so. Right. Um, So I I do think they'll win their group. I know that... I'm not sure of... I think Argentina and Brazil, if they win all their games, they do meet in the semifinals, not the finals. Um, I think it might just depend on that match. Obviously, the World Cup never always... It never really pans out the way you think it does, where you just pick the top teams to keep progressing till they meet each other. But I think both of them, after a very long time, look like, I mean, uh, they're, they're, they're at least going to meet expectations and not like, you know, sort of lose to some small team or, or, or you know, lose matches that they're expected to win or perform badly. So I, I maybe it's probably a bit of the hard talking, but I think the... I think we're going, we're, we are going to have a non-European team winning, which and, and obviously that it left to Argentina and Brazil who meet in the semis if things go well. And, you know, whoever wins that match, I think should have the confidence to then pick whoever it is that they face. That's, that's my... I mean, I, I realize that this... But I, I do think that they're looking good on paper and they've been playing very well. They're both the best two teams on form. Unless, of course, something happens from here to there, you have a couple of injuries, then, of course, things change. But if they have their best squads available, I, I think the victor the, between Brazil and Argentina in the semifinals will go on to win the World Cup. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. That would be great from a neutral's perspective. That would be great. Right. Um, wait, uh, before we uh, wrap up here, let's. Um, how about a quick shout out to Arsenal being Tottenham? Ashwin. 
Yeah, more than <laughs> Arsenal beating Tottenham, which is obviously they. I think they dominated the match. They they really. Um, they they dominated the match, which is not they've not done that with the top six team in a very long time. I mean, even if they mm. won, and I, I, what was more important, I think, was yesterday when they won the Europa League match. Not because it's an important game, but because they didn't have to play their best players. Right. I know some of them came on in the second half to get a bit of a warm up once they'd already won. That's important because it shows depth. It doesn't, you know. And I actually, for the first time, I feel, I know they're meeting, I think they're meeting Liverpool this weekend. I, I think they'll win against Liverpool. Because here's the thing. when Liverpool were playing really well last year, they came to Arsenal, they won 2-0, but it's a match that Arsenal should have won comfortably. Yeah, Liverpool yeah, are not playing well right now. Arsenal are playing great. And for the first time, I'm actually a little more hopeful because there is some depth in this squad. You know, I mean, it's not just, okay, things are going great so far. One or two yeah. injuries and they plummet. I, I think they have more to their game and more to their squad than they've had in previous years. Yeah, it's interesting. Like Cesc um, Fabregas was the, the pundit, which is really nice. Um, I think he went to the Serie B. He went to Serie B, but that must have not worked out, or he just right. doesn't train and does <laughs> does BT punditry on the side. But he was saying like. You know, he was talking very enthusiastically about the team, and he was saying he got to see Saliba when he because Cesc was in, has been in the French league, you know, before the last few years um, with Monaco, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, some guy like Arsenal scout tipped me. I was on the bench playing against Saliba like three, four years ago. Like, watch this kid, and Cesc was like, so I just watched. You know, I just I was I had a mission to watch him the entire match, and he's like, even at that point, it was very clear he was the best player on the pitch. And so Saliba, I think he's picked up France's starting job, it appears, at least in, in the run-ups. Um, so to have him, Gabriel's always a bit shaky, which is, I think, fine to have a slightly loose cannon central defender. I mean, every great team, yeah. they had Ramos, Puyol. I mean, Mastrano was always a bit of a loose loose cannon. I mean, there's not you're not just going to get two like, um, yeah. completely stoic defenders. The thing is, that's really... Um, <laughs> you didn't think it was a red card. Ryan actually, interestingly, didn't think it was a red card either for Emerson, uh, for Emerson Royale. But it was interesting that the pundits. I, I watched a different. Uh, I, I pirated the game. I watched it on BT, mm-hmm. and they were all like straight red. Of course, no problem. Move on. Everyone, even the halftime commentary, um, which was odd. I, I also couldn't really tell. But the thing that's interesting is like. It almost, I didn't have that wary feeling that I usually have watching an Arsenal match, right. even prior to that. Granted, the red card finished them off, but I think Arsenal is better than Tottenham. I think they're just pretty clearly better than Tottenham. If Tottenham is like very precise and clinical on the two counters they have, yes, theoretically they could have two goals, but to only generate two chances where you need to execute four passes very precisely and then score is not high high probability. Um, the thing the thing for me, okay, parte world class goal, but Jaka, I have to say, like I've been I've, I've been proven wrong at least so far as uh, I think many Arsenal fans have. Like he's playing very high up, and he's picking up these little pockets of space, right. and so he's pressing very well because he's you know yeah. defensively is very stout to have a player with that defensive 
um, posture very high up the field is strange. Usually it's like a little, a little, little tactician technician there, but he picks up the ball in these little pockets and he puts in these little crosses, um, these bending left footed crosses. One was for the goal. Um, just really good. It's really, it's really good. So if Partey has, if Partey has the legs, that's the thing. Like you made, you made the good point last time. Like Partey, when he goes down, they're a different, they're a different team. Right. And he seems to have injury problems. And cynically, I'm wondering if that's why Atletico even let him go in the first place. If the, if the doctors are just so this guy's kind of finished, because when he's playing on his game, he's amongst the best holding midfielders in, in, in the world. It's very obvious. So it's hard to see a weakness in this Arsenal team, right. really. I mean, granted, City, I still believe, are on a different sure. different level. But you never know. I mean, I mean, you never know. I think, I think it has become <laughs> clear that it's a two-horse race. I don't think Liverpool and Chelsea yeah. are going to actually compete for the title this time. So it's either yeah, City... Yeah. You know, after maybe 10 more games, they're way ahead, or it's just going to be these two neck and neck, and let's see what happens. Yeah, Chelsea, I saw them play against Palace. Very odd. I just want to say one thing about that match. It's very odd that they, I've never seen anyone do this. He played uh, Aubameyang through the middle and Sterling as a right striker almost, and he didn't play an equivalent player on the left side. Okay. And so Potter's doing very strange things. The ball, they, he only played defensively on the left it's, and with a right striker and, and just funneled all of the play. So when, the, when they start doing stuff like that, I, I feel completely out of my depth. I'm like, I don't understand what's happening on the field. But I also have been pretty underwhelmed. Um, by Chelsea this year I don't I mean Liverpool we've known since the start of the year they're 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 poor but Chelsea you would have expected a bit a bit more of but I don't really see it Um, so it's a good year to be an Arsenal fan well let's see hopefully they have a good month and a half till the World Cup and and, you know that's their season set up well for the second half All right. Thanks a lot. And we'll see you next week.